0: Welcome to KISS FAQ Song Stories. In this series, we'll focus on the histories of some of Kiss's best and least known songs, and occasionally those related to the band. In this episode, A World Without Heroes, originally released on Kiss's Music from the Elder album in 1981. The song was written by Paul Stanley, Bob Ezrin, Lou Reed, and Gene Simmons, all having an equal share of the song's writing credit and publishing. KISS had tried to start working on a new album in late January 1981. After demoing rough ideas for three songs, they decided that they needed a producer to help them. Enter Bob Ezrin, who had guided the band to glory in 1975 and 1976, and had taken Pink Floyd to a new zenith during their challenging wall project. The problem was he was busy at the time, so the band went back to pre-production and rehearsing material while he completed several projects. In May, the band were ready to record their first batch of song ideas with him. The album had no form, no concept, and the session in Toronto was simply one where five instrumentals were recorded. Rough mixes from those sessions were produced on May the 21st, including Silly Girl, Every Little Bit of Your Heart, Eric's Better Than Anton, also known as Heaven, It's My Life, and Sentimental Fool. Every Little Bit of Your Heart would be the only idea recorded during that first Bob Ezrin session to gain traction when the project shifted into the conceptual realm. Paul worked on a melody for the song, working up a vocal bearing a similar beginning as Linda Ronstadt's Hurt So Bad. I know. the similarity ends, and he's clearly scatting, looking to find words to find form with the melody he has in mind. One of the clearer lyrics sung in the overall rough work tape, I Want You Only, would be adopted as the song's unofficial title on an assortment of bootlegs in the 1980s. Unfortunately, Paul's vocals are so low on the circulating copies that much of the content is difficult to decipher. Ultimately, Paul became disinterested in the piece and moved on to work on other ideas, particularly as the concept took form. told Ken Sharp for Goldmine Magazine in 1996. They changed the title once Bob Ezrin thought that we should do a concept album. The music worked, but lyrically it didn't fall in. It became kind of a group project. By group I mean Lou Reed, Ezrin, and Gene. Gene on the other hand was taken by the melody and the chordal patterns and felt that the idea could be developed into something valid. He and Bob worked on rearranging the piece musically once Gene had shifted the melody to his purpose. Additionally, Bob had been friends with Lou Reed for years, having produced his Berlin album in 1973. Lou, who was going through a period of personal change in his life, visited Bob in Ontario and became intrigued by the concept that Bob and Kiss had unfolding. Bob persuaded him to do some writing for the project, much as in the same way he'd worked with Nils Lofgren in 1979. He took ideas and generated lyrics rather than being a traditional co-writer, but he was certainly available to bounce ideas off. Paul also recalled in Goldmine, Lou was so into our Elder Project that when we called and explained it to him over the phone, he said, I'll get back to you in an hour. And he called back an hour later with good basic lyrics to Mr. Blackwell, A World Without Heroes, and a lot of other stuff that hasn't been used yet. His input to the song seems to have resulted from scrolling the song's title on a piece of paper. Gene certainly knew a good song title or phrase when he saw one and utilized it. Gene recalled in that same Goldmine magazine, Lou would always write little bits and pieces on a piece of paper. I don't know if it was me or Bob who circled the phrase World Without Heroes that Lou wrote on a piece of paper, and that was mostly Lou's contribution to the song. The rest of it was mainly Bob and I writing a lyric and Paul's melody. That's why all four of us are credited on there. The similarities between Every Little Bit of Your Heart and A World Without Heroes are most noticeable on the bass line and the initial minute of the song before the piece changes tempo and style. Bob liked the idea, and saw it firmly planted in the storyline, being sung by the concept's protagonist, the heroic boy, full of naive hope. But the song appears chock-full of the sort of sarcasm that dated back to Reed's earliest songs, such as 1964's The Ostrich, with its put your head on the floor and have someone step on it lyric, mocking the popular dance songs of the time. If nothing else, the song mocks Reed's suggested literacy with cliched or overly simplistic metaphors, such as never-ending races, a bird without wings, or even the bell that never rings, though in some ways those may well be weak Gene Simmons facsimiles of what he thought Lou Reed would be saying. Bob later told Ultimate Classic Rock, the whole track was uncharacteristically architected for Kiss, but then so was Beth. In this case, having Gene sing the romantic lead and Paul be the guitar god, plus having Lou write those innocent, yearning lyrics was an intentional change of the normal roles to get an unusual effect. Unfortunately, this was not quite the song that Beth was, nor was the time right for it, but Jean sings it beautifully, and Paul played a fantastic dramatic solo. mess that The Elder presents in determining who played what, Paul channeled that solo, inspired by what he thought Bob Kulick would have created for the song. Along with other pieces on the album, it was given full sonic embellishment by Bob Ezrin. The American Symphony Orchestra was recorded for the song at a and Studios in New York City on September the 15th, 1981, during a three-hour session conducted and arranged by the late Michael Kamen. There's nothing to be It's no place As Bob mentioned, Gene's vocal was incredibly intimate and completely out of his character, perhaps emphasized so with the tear that appears at the end of the video film for the song. The concept video would be the band's first, though there were few places for it to be shown with Polygram initially boycotting the fledgling MTV. In the new world of music videos and music television, Polygram felt that they should be paid for their artists' videos, not initially seeing the value of them promotionally, nor, to be honest, had that value been ascertained in the industry at that point. Regardless, A World Without Heroes was chosen to be released as the album's first single on October the 27th. As had been the case with Beth, or then more recently Shandy, stylistically it wasn't what was expected from Kiss. Peter had had his shot, then Paul, now it was the demon's opportunity to woo the audience's ears. But the decision wasn't necessarily rooted in copying Beth. The song was exquisite and sounded different to what was expected from the band. It was beautifully crafted and impeccably executed, with Bob's amazing touches in production and adding the orchestra really took the song to a completely different level. All of those factors made A World Without Heroes an appealing song to some at the label. The hot team of Gowers, Fields, and Flattery was engaged to produce promotional films for two songs on the album. If you wanted a quality video produced for your artist in 1981, they were one of a few teams who would be on a very short list. Directed by Bruce Gowers and produced by Paul Flattery, visually it was based on the Excalibur movie which had come out earlier in the year. Flattery saw an analogue between Kiss and the armor in the film, utilizing elements that had been used in the film, such as the illumination techniques of the knights' faces. That contributed to a quasi-mythical feel for some of the close-up shots in particular. The video for World Without Heroes was shot on Saturday, October the 31st, on a soundstage located at Bakken Studios on West 54th Street in New York City. It was shot using video rather than film for two reasons. Firstly, the economics of video versus film. Simply put, it was a cheaper medium to work with. Secondly, according to Paul Flattery, there was a flexibility available for tweaking during post-production, again particularly related to economics. But for a team with British connections dating back to the 1970s, unions for the TV industry that birthed music videos as an individual format had dictated that video be used indoors and film outdoors on location shoots. Paul called the style of video shot for Kisses A World Without Heroes a cheap and cheerful due to it being constructed more from the combination of individually filmed characters with lighting and camera angles providing the artistic elements required for assembly and post-prod. As a result, it was set the lighting, film several passes of the musicians performing individually and a wide shot, and then assemble quickly and cheaply. As director, Bruce was responsible for capturing the band visually from the somewhat simple rear spotlighting, providing an ethereal atmosphere enhanced by the light-absorbing black backdrop. Like Knights of Excalibur, there was a serious almost pseudo-gothic mythos being presented. Filters were used to generate simple but visually striking effects, such as the glowing guitar neck or capturing Paul's aura because of the apparent simplicity, much attention to detail and skill was taken to translate those elements into the final product. Interestingly, Paul Flattery worked again with Kiss. He produced Kiss's Rock Honors for VH1 in 2006, during which he interviewed Gene and Paul. The description of cheap and cheerful shouldn't be taken as a denigration to the art form. It was representative of the band's artistic accomplishment, regardless of the critical and popular response it was about to receive from a wider audience. As a single, a world without heroes, while not a bomb, was certainly an abject failure at the attempt to replicate the success of Beth. In the United States, it only reached 56 on the Billboard Hot 100, but dropped off completely two weeks later. Elsewhere, it reached 55 in the United Kingdom, though Polygram had wisely led off with a more suitable KISS-style single in most markets. And that might illustrate the hubris of the decision that attempted to ape Bob's previous work with the band in 1976. Beth had been a throwaway, an Unexpected Savior as the fourth single from Destroyer, which was then wallowing in what the band thought was then commercial mediocrity. Its success hadn't been engineered, it was completely happenstance, where the release of A World Without Heroes might have been perceived to have been overly manufactured, but everything is easy to pontificate on ex post facto. On January 15, 1982, A World Without Heroes was among three Elder Songs performed live, for the first and last time contemporaneously. Band appeared on Fridays, a popular television show that copied somewhat the Saturday Night Live format. i Jean and Paul met separately with producer Michael James Jackson, and the wheels were in motion to walk away from the album and get back into the studio as quickly as possible. Amusingly, Jean's ex-girlfriend, the magnificent Cher, covered the song for her Love Hurts album in 1991. Steve Lukather produced and performed the acoustic guitars and solo on that cover, also appearing on the song were Richard Page and Richard Marks on backing vocals. It was released as the B-side to her Save Up All Your Tears single. Like a world without sun, you can't look up to anyone without heroes. And a world without heroes is like a never ending race. It's like a time without a place upon the stage. Also, interestingly, according to sample artwork that circulated in fan circles for many years for the abandoned KISS Exposed 2 videocassette, which was supposed to be released in 1992, a version of the song exists with Lou Reed on lead vocals. Whether that is accurate or not is yet to be determined. The spontaneity of the KISS convention tour in 1995 allowed the band Space & Justification to experiment with some of the ignored songs in their back catalogue. Not surprisingly, fans clamored for elder material, and some bits and pieces of Just A Boy, The Oath, and even I would be attempted. Mostly, those songs would be a setup for a punchline of a joke, but in the case of A World Without Heroes, while early performances were challenged, it was a song quickly found to work well, unplugged, and resonate with the audience. to oh. you After finding a firm footing in the set, it was less surprising that it was selected for the MTV Unplugged broadcast set. While not treated with the love and affection of Paul's Every Time I Look at You, two takes with the song were performed at Sony Sound Studios during the filming on August the 9th, 1995. To be fair, that first take only lasted six seconds. In some ways, it was more impressive that it was included on the album released, but was without a doubt a definite selling point. Well, you Oh, it's Once the Kiss Cruise was formulated to include an acoustic sail away show, it came as no surprise that the band eventually brought the song to that event. While initially teasing bits of Just a Boy and I and even Mr. Blackwell during the inaugural cruise of 2011, the song finally appeared the following year, but never really gained a foothold and would only be performed a handful of times during the cruise's 11 sailings to date. A World Without Heroes was also one of four KISS song titles announced in May 1997 as being recorded in an instrumental form for Muzak's Environmental Music Channel customers following the approach of Gene. Perhaps you've heard it in an elevator. Oh, Drive, Lobo, Hawaii. <laughs> Have your car service, Bob. Rock